Hello and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches Lauren and Lindsay. Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve. If you'd like more of us or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and Hi, welcome everybody. to this edition of the podcast. What do you know episode number one? Uh, I think this might be 18. 18. I think. Great number. How are you, Lauren? I'm sleepy today, but I'm good. I'm fine. Why are you sleepy? Because I didn't sleep well last night. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't sleep great. Frank is just... I was going to say, we're blaming Frank. Is it Frank's fault? Sometimes it's Frank's fault. Yeah. Yeah. He started chewing up the cardboard box in the room next door to our bedroom, so all you can hear is... Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> like, oh, Have you not room. thought about removing the cardboard box? <laughs> you say removing the cat. Like, yeah, <laughs> stick that thing on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he likes to sleep in it, but yeah, maybe we do need to remove the cardboard box now. Yeah, it's making making me grumpy. Sleeping. Yeah, it's time to say, remove the box. Eliminate the problem. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, Paris on Friday. Yeah, gay Paris. Gay um, Paris. Gay Paris. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why not? why not um yeah so it's just it's just a busy time of year for everyone isn't it yeah um so today gang we thought we would go over some of the basics of things that you might hear us talk about that you were actually sat there thinking what the heck does that mean yeah back to basics yeah for fat loss back to basics yeah for fat loss so if you have a fat loss goal then this is probably going to be interesting to you if you don't then you might want to know anyway um but yeah you can always ignore us if you like (laughs) (laughs) so going back to basics for fat loss so what is a calorie a calorie do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of people hear the word calorie and their heart just sinks and they just imagine this buttery blobby thing that sat within their bodies and they fear the word calorie but a calorie is simply a unit of energy it's like a measurement so a calorie the way that they tested it is how much energy it needed to heat one kilogram of water by one degree so that is a calorie so it's not anything scary it's just a unit of energy so if you think about it, like, take away the emotional attachment to what, you know, you see the memes with, um, like, oh, calories are these slippery little suckers that climb into your wardrobe <laughs> on an evening and make your clothes, like, sew your clothes smaller. Have you seen that one? Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, take that away from it. Um, and a calorie doesn't, like, have a vendetta. <laughs> calories, <laughs> calories are not just, like thinking how can I like make you gain body fat all the time like they're not thinking like that um if you think a bit of it like a millimeter a centimeter an inch a yard whatever right so just make it in your head like this is just a unit of energy and when you see it on food labeling that obviously is telling you what how much energy is in with it within that food so yep. like I was getting a sandwich yesterday and I was like I always kind of have a look at what 
what how much bang I can get for my buck basically yeah. um and as well with protein and I was quite surprised like by some of the things that I was like that's less than I thought it would be that's more than I thought it would be and not that you know that's that's just trying to help make an informed choice about like how much do I need to take in here to have an enjoyable sandwich and something that I'm gonna is gonna be satisfying and nice after my workout um or something where I've got quite a lot of um energy in that I don't particularly want to take in in mayonnaise say um so yeah when you're looking at food labeling that is just an indicator of how much energy that food will give you yeah so there's roughly about 3500 calories in 1 pound of body fat so for you to lose 1 pound of body fat you need to be eating roughly 500 calories less a day than your maintenance and we will talk about your maintenance and how to calculate all that but just so that you know 3500 calories ish in one pound of body fat so also equally as you need that um deficit which we're going to come on to as well in terms of calories as 3500 calories in a pound of fat if you on a weekend the scales have gone up two to three pounds then you would have had to eat a hell of a lot of calories over what you normally are doing for that to actually be fat gained. So apply a little bit of rational there, rational thinking that actually that is a fluctuation in weight that is down to maybe more food volume, water, dehydration and other things which again we're going to come back on to later but just so that you have an understanding of like 3,500 calories is a lot and that's one pound of fat so either way you're going whether you're trying to lose fat or whether you think you've gained fat you know you'd have to be really going some on a weekend to actually have gained any amount of you know body fat in pounds over that time it's that reassurance when you when you know the science behind it it's reassuring to be able to step on scales and go oh okay i know what it can't be that because i didn't eat seven thousand calories over my maintenance so think about rationally yeah um so energy balance you will have heard what about a calorie deficit but you might not know what a calorie deficit or an energy deficit is so you can either be in an energy deficit energy maintenance or an energy surplus if you're in a deficit you will lose body fat your body is essentially breaking down it's getting smaller if you're at maintenance you're going to stay exactly as you are although you can lose body fat at maintenance but your weight will remain similar and then energy surplus means you're taking in more calories than your body needs so you will gain weight as yep as stored fat or stored energy so it might be say for example that you um you're a cyclist and you're going on a really big ride on a Saturday morning, right? You've got a competition or you're going to go and run a marathon, right? So then you would maybe carb load the night before and then you would be storing energy, not in fat, you would be storing energy as potential energy within your muscles and that also takes in some water with it. So any uplifting um, weight on the scale would not be an uplift in fat on the scale, if that makes sense. So you're looking at your weight has gone up, but it is in stored potential energy. It doesn't immediately go in your mouth and then turn into fat straight away. There's a little bit of a, you know, processing that happens whenever we take energy in. It's not immediately transferred straight onto your hips. I 
had a guy say to me when I was 17, and I remember it still, a moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips when I was eating some chips and that all rhymes and that's lovely (laughs) (laughs) but that again was one of those things where you go oh god like if you immediately if you I've eaten these chips and now immediately I'm gonna have it on my hips have it on my hips forever but that doesn't happen it doesn't happen um so yeah so you've got your your three situations that you can be in there you'll be in a calorie or an energy deficit and that is where you will lose body fat you can be in a maintenance state so that's where you will be stable or you'll be in a surplus and that's where your weight will go up in one way or another yeah and you could be in a calorie deficit forever and continue to lose weight forever until the point of death literally so when people say there's a thing called starvation mode and they're clinging on to body fat or gaining weight because they're not eating enough calories well, that's bullshit, basically. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry! Yeah. That's bullshit. Like, I mean, I always think about people in Auschwitz. I know it's really dark, but I think they were starving and they didn't cling on to body fat. They weren't gaining weight. Like, it's science. When you know the science behind it, you're like, that literally doesn't make sense. So, if you are in a deficit, you will lose body fat. If you are not losing body fat, you are not in an energy deficit and there's no starvation mode going on. Simply, you, you might not be eating enough food. And we'll come onto this maybe in a different podcast. You might not be eating enough food so that you're actually overeating later because you're super hungry. And when if you over restrict, you'll end up overeating down the line. So yeah, you might not be losing body fat because you're not eating enough calories at certain points, but overall you are overeating on calories. Yeah. Overall, you're if you're if you're seeing week to week that there's no change on the scale, you don't have a deficit. Yeah, and that's it. And you're still taking in enough energy that your body can maintain the status quo, but you're not making any changes one way or the other. And that would be a clear indicator that we need to go back and reassess what you're taking in, see where you might be getting it wrong, and also don't pass any judgment on yourself for getting it wrong because they there there have been tests and studies on dietitians and nutrition coaches and doctors and people who you know do this for a living and the amount of people that under record is a really high percentage so for you know normal day-to-day people to like actually accurately track or record calories it is really difficult plus the fact that even on food labeling they're not accurate like it it can be like up to 20% out and also um, by the same account your um any trackers that you're using for energy consumption can be like 20 25% out so really what we have to go on is evidence always so we know that if you come to us you know say after a month of you saying well I'm definitely I'm really trying hard and I'm I'm sure I'm in a deficit if the scale's not moving there's not enough of a deficit there for for you to be making any changes and we you know we want to look at that and see where we can make some other changes and but there's no judgment from your coach um well from me and Lauren at least there is no judgment on it is it is evidence and that's how you've got to kind of try and view it as taking always the emotion away from fat loss and thinking well I'm going on the cold hard facts of like where am I what's happening what's happening on the scale how am I feeling in my clothes etc yeah okay so we're going to bosh out some acronyms for you (laughs) so your TDEE is your total daily energy expenditure so this is the calories you are burning throughout the day and where those come from 
And you'll probably be surprised to know that exercise isn't the biggest calorie burner. So it's broken up into four parts. Part one is your BMR, so that's your basal metabolic rate. This makes up the majority of the calories that we burn throughout the day, up to like 70%. So if you just laid in bed all day and did absolutely nothing, you didn't eat anything, you didn't move, you didn't do anything, your body is still burning calories. So that's what that number is. So that's the majority of your calories being burned throughout the day. After that is your NEAT, which, is, which stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis, or Thermogenesis, or thermo, <laughs> however people want to pronounce Genesis. that. Um, so non-exercise stuff. So that's fidgeting, walking about, doing chores. Like I'm waving my hands around now. That yeah. would be... Fid- yeah, or, or anything that is unplanned exercise. Mm-hmm. So your gym would be your um, planned exercise. Your non-exercise activity is, you know, washing your car, playing with your kids, playing with your dog, running up and down the stairs, unloading, loading the washer. You know, the, the more fidgety you are, the more active you are generally. If you yeah. think about if you're sat at a desk for eight hours compared to if you are uh, working in a supermarket and you're literally up and down the aisles, loading shelves, going and getting deliveries, like you're going to, that person who is more active over those eight hours is going to use a lot more energy than someone who is sat still typing at a desk, just generally using your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got your BMR, then your NEAT, then you've got your EAT, which is your Exercise, Exercise, activity, activity, thermogenesis. So that's your planned exercise, that's your gym routine, that's your running, your whatever your training is, that's that. And then finally, the last little bit is your is the thermic effect of food. So this is the calories being burnt by digesting food. So I think there's a myth or there's a thing about celery. People say you lose weight while you eat (laughs) celery because you're burning more calories than what you're consuming, which to an extent isn't wrong like you are burning calories while digesting that celery it's a lot of jaw action yeah (laughs) it's very fibrous (laughs) so yeah basically one of the reasons that we want to eat a lot of protein in our diet is because the thermic effect of food of protein mean it is pretty high or higher than the other types of foods so you are burning more calories by digesting protein so So, yeah yeah. protein and fiber are the two things that take the most digestion they cause your body to use the most energy just to digest the food which is why we always encourage you to eat more protein and more veg for a start and they also obviously are more filling and satisfying they also slow down gastric emptying um which again enables you to feel more satisfied and fuller for longer whereas things like highly processed well any highly processed foods basically will digest quite quickly which is why we recommend those things for pre-workout so you get that nice little energy boost and it's quickly digested so it's not going to affect you're not trying to digest food really while you're in the middle of a workout um so just to go over that if you think like Lauren's put the we've got the um percentages here so BMR 70% that is just you basically living and breathing and being and not really doing anything watching Netflix yeah <laughs> your exercise activity thermogenesis is 10% just 10% yep. so you know just put this into perspective when you're missing a gym session and you're like oh my god like I've not managed to get to the gym and everything's gonna go tits up it's not like if you uh you know try and just keep that general activity up this is why we try and we encourage you all to go for walks and keep busy and keep active and fidget around and you know do 10 squats when you go to the toilet and you know whatever <laughs> like getting that yeah pack for the rate all these little 
tips and tricks to just get you to move more throughout your day is because the the amount of time you spend in the gym is just such a small fraction of it when you have all those other hours in the day where you know you've got that potential to um to use to use more energy basically so we've got three macros macronutrients you've got protein fat and carbs those are our three main big boys and we're not going to go too much into each one and what they do and everything because that's not back to basics necessarily but what you do need to know is that there's four calories per one gram of carb there's four calories per one gram of protein and there's nine calories per one gram of fat so a protein source would be something like chicken a carb source would be like bread or pasta and a fat source would be like cheese and nuts butter and, and butter yeah. and those kind of things. And then alcohol is seven calories per gram. Yep. So those are your macros. The most important thing that we go on about is protein because it keeps you full. It helps you build muscle or maintain muscle. It's Having a high protein the, yeah. diet is so, so important. The building blocks of every function in your body. Um, yep. helps you repair on a cellular level um, as Lauren said if you're training which most of you if you are generally listening to this podcast you probably are going to the gym and you you know you've probably got some um, body composition goals so you know if you want to grow muscle and lean mass and get stronger then you know you want to be hitting um, the protein goals and what I would also say is it is one of the things that people don't um, they find the hardest so you know all of us can probably eat toast and chocolate and crisps and you know easy stuff um but eat, hitting a protein target is is something that most people will struggle with so if you find it hard to include protein at each meal you're not on your own but there are lots of things that you can do to to increase that yeah so one of the biggest conversations that people have is about tracking um, because it does get a bad rap. It's like a lot of people think it's now too obsessive and bad for disordered eating and lots of things. But tracking for the right person in the right headspace is so helpful for losing body fat. Because if you're tracking it, if you're monitoring what you're putting into your body and you know that, that's empowering. Then you know, oh, okay, I'm losing weight eating this many calories, so I know that I'm on the right track. Or I'm eating this many calories my body composition hasn't changed at all, scales haven't changed, okay, I know I need to do a little bit, uh, I need to eat a little bit less. So tracking isn't for absolutely everyone. If you've had an eating disorder or if you have a poor relationship with food and a lot of red flags with disordered eating, then maybe it's not ideal for you right now, but it is a very useful tool to learn and understand how many calories are in food. Like most people have no idea how many calories are in a slice of bread or in a sandwich they had at lunch. And it can be so frustrating trying your absolute tits off to lose body fat and not understanding why. Yeah. And if you just knew how many calories you were consuming, then that is empowering because yeah. then you know you have an answer. And the only way you're going to know that is by tracking and using an app like my fitness pal or something like that and it's not forever you don't have to use it your whole life you could use it for like six ten twelve weeks whatever you need to learn and understand how many calories you're eating and then you can sack it off then then you know one of my favorite analogies that emma uses esg the good old esg yeah. is mm -hmm. the it's like a sat nav 
So, you know, you use the sat-nav to get to your destination when you don't really know where you're going. Once you've got that journey nailed down and you know the directions off by heart, then you don't need to use it anymore. And that's going to look different for everyone. I have clients who don't want to track at all. They find it really boring to be looking at calories on things or it's problematic for them because they do, you know, you know, everybody is different um so if you're a really numbers based person and you really like data and you've got all the whoop apps and the you know your apple watch and you really like counting those numbers and those steps and the calories that you've burnt doing this that and the other then you know it, it does become really time consuming um and it's something that you know as coaches again we would be looking and guiding and getting feedback for like whether that was working or not um hand portioning works really well for some people and it just helps again with that visual guide of like how much actually for my size as a person do you know what does a plate of food look like for me um and i do think that's really useful the other thing is coming back to your calories so nine calories of um nine calories per gram of fat compared to your carbs and protein which is four calories is over double where you know you might be sloshing in um olive oil into a pan to do your stir fry and like you wouldn't even think to count that mm-hmm. or you know you're putting two knobs of butter on your we're back to the knobs of butter again <laughs> i still don't know how much a knob is <laughs> to, to, you know you're putting butter on your toast and you're slathering it all over or peanut butter or anything like that that is predominantly fat um and you're going oh well i just had a little bit of peanut butter on well Calories are through the roof. Yeah, Yeah. the calories are through the roof. You could be having over 100, 150 calories in olive oil without even thinking about it. So, you know, it's going, right, how much is in a tablespoon? Oh, wow, it's 115 calories or whatever it is. And then realising that, okay, can I use a teaspoon? Like, making those little tweaks then. But if you're not ever tracking, you're not ever learning. So it is a good little um, exercise to do to just really learn and look and go, right, hang on a minute what am I actually taking in here and where can I make some really simple changes? Yeah, most of my clients, I don't start off with giving them a calorie number or a protein target number. I simply have them track what they're currently doing, play around with the app, mm-hmm. figure out how to scan it. it. It can take a few weeks for them to really grasp how to yeah. track properly, but I'm not going to bombard them with so much that they need to learn. And generally, if you start tracking you instantly become more mindful about what you're eating. And that alone helps people lose body fat. Before we've even touched the gym, before we've even gone into calories and protein or anything, when they start having to scan it in and they see that a Domino's pizza is 10 million thousand calories, (laughs) they go, oh my God, I've been eating that every week. Like, they'll they'll stop eating that. And so I just go, hit practice on the app for a few weeks and pretty much everybody will lose weight straight away by just being like, oh shit, I didn't know there was that many calories in that thing. I'm going to eat a little bit less of that. It's never that dramatic. It's never drastic changes that need to be done, often. Uh, It's it's simply understanding energy balance and what's going in and what's coming out, I suppose, but mostly what's coming in. I think you're right. Like What I tend to do is get people to do a week of just sending me pictures of what they're eating, first off, without counting or changing anything at all. And that's where they'll go, ah, I've noticed, actually, I don't have any protein anywhere, or I just don't drink enough, or, you know, oh, yeah, my veg is really low. And then they can see... the office, they didn't realise Yeah, because it's like that thing of, like, you're actually thinking about it now. You're noticing yourself, and you're learning yourself, and that's a great start. 
yeah yeah that is the biggest thing really so right so things that affect fat loss there's a few there's a few many 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 so things that affect fat loss are like sleep stress uh, your menstrual cycle pcos menopause hormones appetite the weather so there's <laughs> um yeah so cold weather is going to increase appetite and there's so many different things that we feel can affect fat loss but like we said at the beginning if you are in a calorie deficit you will lose body fat regardless of any of these things so if you're going through menopause and your sleep is shit and you're super mega stressed and all of these other things are going on if you are in a calorie deficit you will lose body fat but what makes losing body fat difficult with all of these things is the decision making around food and the movement going down so the biggest thing i think is sleep because hormones affect sleep stress affects sleep sleep affects our decision making abilities when our sleep is down we wake up we want to eat more throughout the day because our appetite has gone up and you're also driven to eat more carbohydrate more easy processing foods as well yeah exactly you just want to eat beige foods when you've slept like today i literally could just hammer chocolate all day yeah because you need that instant sugar that instant energy fix and that dope mm -hmm. the dopamine signaling yeah exactly so like you know poor sleep poor mood low energy you're barely moving so movement is down decision making is down so calories tend to be up and that is what's going to affect the fat loss so it's not the fact that you didn't get enough sleep it's the decision making and the movement and all those other factors that will affect it same with your menstrual cycle so if you it's not the fact that you're having a period, it's the fact that you're overeating because you're craving certain foods or you've got stomach cramps for three days so you've not moved for three days. Like It's it's the byproduct or the side effects of these things that are, that are making you gain the body yeah. fat. Not and I would also thing. say your response to feeling more bloated and your response to feeling... So I've had a conversation over the last couple of days with someone who woke up and was like, oh my God, I've put two pounds on. And I was like, you haven't put two pounds on. Where are you in your cycle? Oh, well, I might be due on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Maybe. Yep, okay. And then did get her period. But what was important that was that she'd actually messaged and said, oh, I'm feeling really deflated. Like, I've been trying really hard. And I've got up and I've got, you know, the scales have gone up by two pounds. I was like, right, the most important thing for you to do is how are you going to respond to this today? So when you generally, if you feel bloated and your stomach feels like really sore and tender and you've got low energy because again you're, these things tie in together so your sleep your circadian rhythms being interrupted um you know you might find that two three days before your period you have insomnia so again that decision making is affected and it's all those things linked together as well as you feeling cranky as hell <laughs> mm -hmm. feeling you know you th those that um appetite is driven up and then you're making poorer food choices or you feel crap and you go ah oh, well balls to it like i already feel fat i already feel bloated so i'm just gonna go and eat whatever you know eat some chocolate or eat a, a whole pizza or whatever it is that your is your sort of go-to emotional yeah. um trigger food i just realized i'm due on as well in a couple of days so the poor sleep yes because i was getting hot and then cold irritable mm -hmm. all of these things i'm mm -hmm. definitely and you know, i know i'm due on well my you know what they say like i just said to you about like both my daughters are due on their period this weekend i am as well and me and you have been spending so much time <laughs> together that the women's cycle Yay. all comes together in some kind of witchy way Witchcraft. we're all witches <laughs> so like, yeah syncing up yeah. together so well there we yeah go. yeah so appetite changes as well so 
we've got hunger hormones so there's leptin and ghrelin i'm not gonna go too sciencey because it is back to basics yeah but if you think about your ghrelin is like a gremlin that's the best way that i ever (laughs) remember it ghrelin is like a gremlin that is the hormone that makes you it drives you to eat it's like that naughty little elf in your tummy going come on give me some yeah but also not just naughty because you do need to eat too so like when you're when you're ghrelin is the signal to your brain that's like oh we need to eat something we're hungry leptin is more longer term to help you maintain your weight and and signal to the brain when you're full so these are the like appetite hormones that and these get affected and these are different for everybody and they're they also affected, affected by, by the foods that you eat your estrogen. sleep estrogen exercise if you're in a, an obese body then your leptin levels are off there so there are things that affect these appetite hormones but again you will only gain body fat if you are in a calorie surplus and you'll only lose it if you're in an energy deficit yeah and then there's two things really to say about appetite as well that sometimes just because appetite is up doesn't necessarily mean we need to act on that um so if you are tracking um and you know you're aware that you've had what you need for that day even if say when you know you're um you have sort of not as good food choices say in the week before your period so then you might come to me and lauren and say like oh I I just can't maintain a deficit this week, even though your goal is fat loss. So it might be better for you to just be at maintenance for that one week. And that enables you then to adhere better. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to achieve a deficit, having this really increased appetite and also not having it in your toolbox to be able to say to yourself, right, okay, I know my hunger is increased. I know my appetite's increased. I know I've eaten enough today for my energy requirements, so I'm not going to act upon that hunger. Or you might just want to, you know, distract yourself for 10 minutes and come back to it and be like, you know, this is coming back again to skills um, and practice. But, you know, if you don't have that skill of going, right, I'm going to move away from it, I'm going to distract myself, and actually now I'm not hungry, or I'm still ravenous and I'm going to have that little bit of something that I fancy. And then if you're, you know, you're saying to yourself, well, okay, in that week, I'm going to work between X and Y calories. Yeah, you're going to give yourself another 250, 300 calories. Um, so that will allow you to adhere better to your goals. But still, you know, we're in that week, you might be expecting to just stay where you are. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah, like we're not we're not robots. So say your calories are set for 2000 a day to lose body fat. Like you're not robotically going to eat exactly 2000 every single day because you don't even know if the labels are accurate or not. And you're not going to burn the exact same amount of calories every day because some days you're going to be laying on your ass watching Kim Kardashian doing some weird stuff on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. Um, And the next day you're going to be running a marathon. So like every day is different. You're not a robot. So it's kind of, again, taking... We say take the emotion out of it with the scales and everything, but also recognising that you are not a robot. And if you one day... Uh, you've hit your 2,000 calories, but you're like, why am I still super hungry? I'm due on my period and, you know, I'm cranky and all I want is chocolate. Like, sometimes it's better just to have a bit of chocolate. It's like, what, 200 calories? Like, when you know that there's about 150 calories in a banana, like, then you know that that's hardly nothing to take out the next day if you need to balance it out or take out 50 calories across four days is, like, I don't know, a handful of raisins yeah like you're not a robot we don't expect you to hit it and nail your number every single day forever it's about 
the long term. Yeah. As long as you're hitting that number consistently over the long term or under it and over it roughly, you you will lose body fat. So yeah. I guess patience. Is... And it's on your averages as well. Like you want to be looking at your calorie intake over the week and over the yeah. month rather than just day to day. So yeah. again, it's that responding to if you have a day like on the weekend where your calories are a bit higher and then going, well, I know that through the week I'm going to be a little bit lower because I'm busy or I'm not thinking about food so much. I've got loads of stuff to do or, you know, again, I'm tied to my desk, so I won't be you know going near the fridge um the same thing with your step count you know think about it rather than one day going oh my god I just couldn't leave my desk or my child was poorly so I was just sat on the sofa cuddling my child well you know those things have got to be done so it's going it's taking that stress away from yourself of going well all right I'm gonna I'm gonna look at I can get this up over the over the week you know it might be that you've hit 6k on monday but the rest of the week you've hit 12 to 15 thousand steps and and the same thing with your calories you know you might hit that deficit five out five out of seven days and then you're slightly above on the other two but over the average you're still in a in a deficit and the scale will tell us anyway yeah so yeah (laughs) so we're going to finish with some characteristics of successful dieters so a successful dieter is somebody that has lost the body fat and kept it off long term because you know crash diets and starving yourself to lose weight isn't considered successful what is considered successful is losing the body fat in a healthy manner and maintaining that for the long term for an extended period so some of those characteristics what those look like are that the person did not have all or nothing thinking that black and white i'm either on off i'm good i'm bad i need everything in the cupboard or nothing in the cupboard overeat massively restrict they've got that nice gray area of thinking um you've got real expectations and uh i would say also relaxed expectations of what you can achieve so you're not setting yourself you know a ridiculous target of losing say five stone in a month okay which is just not achievable like you're you're sat there and again this is where coaching comes in really useful is to have somebody who goes right hang on a minute like how much you know social stuff have you got on like how how able are you to hit this amount of a deficit so with a deficit whether it's 100 calories a day whether it's 600 calories a day eventually over time you will lose body fat the the what you need to be looking at is how aggressive do you want to be about that and do you want to um still have some enjoyment in your life and do you still want to go out on a weekend and do you you know go to the seaside and have fish and chips once a week okay so all of these things have got to be factored in so your expectations um around what you can achieve they're gonna stand you in really good stead of going right okay i'm setting my stall out for this to be the long game yeah Yeah, rather than going well i expect that i should be able to lose a stone in three weeks because i did that back in you know when i was 18 when i went on that juice diet um but actually you know as again as coaches what we'll be encouraging you to do is think about it long term and actually being able to sustain your results so you're doing things that are really realistic and you're doing it in a in a really sustainable way yeah like you didn't gain the body fat in six weeks and yet there's this whole six week yeah. shred thing like you've gained the body fat over maybe 20 years so having the expectation that you're going to lose all of it in 
two months is is unrealistic and you want to feel like you're doing well and succeeding and getting those small wins so with having unrealistic expectations you're never going to feel good or that you're getting anywhere so set real setting realistic expectations means you can have a lot more small wins every step of the way like losing one pound of body fat will feel great if you if your aim was to lose one pound of body fat if your aim was to lose 10 and you only lost nine you'll feel like shit because you didn't hit your goal yeah so yeah. Um, another characteristic is having accountability long term. Not just saying this because we're coaches. This is one <laughs> of the characteristics of somebody that has long term successful um, fat loss is they have an accountability partner or somebody that they kind of what's the word record to. Yeah. What's the word? Well, not respond, not record, report. Mm. Maybe report to (laughs) something like that. Come on, brain. Yeah, basically, it's you have somebody in your life who you are giving feedback to. Um, And it's just sometimes saying it out loud um, and yeah having a group or maybe it's a friend that you you know it's somebody that you you go well right okay I'm going to commit to running three times a week and if you have a friend who goes I want to do that too then you're accountable to each Mm -hmm. other because if one of you doesn't get out of bed one morning the other one's going to be pretty pissed off if you post on your Instagram and 10 people reply going this is great you're going shit I'm going to have to run three times a week now because you've got that accountability then yeah so whichever way works for you to have accountability you know great but having you know, some coaching, having somebody who can give you that reassurance and feedback and a bit of motivation when it's really lacking, that really does make a difference to people. Um, Another thing, a characteristic of successful dieting is a diet that works for you. There is absolutely no point in cutting out uh, carbohydrates or cutting out chocolate or and I'm going for the usual suspects here of things that people go I am never eating bread ever again <laughs> right even Poor though bread. yeah but even though they absolutely bloody love bread right if you love bread don't cut bread out it's not the bread <laughs> it's not the bread it's, it's not the bread it's not the chocolate deficit. it's not the crisps it's not the pizza it's not the alcohol it's your overall energies energy input and energy output and that comes back to that balance of getting those weighing scales right we were trying to think of a really good analogy earlier and a seesaw was kind of what we came <laughs> up with i think so you know it's that thing of like if you're um, dumping a whole pile of food onto one side of a seesaw, right? Um, I mean, you would have to put quite a lot of, like a ton of food on there for it to really tip over. Yeah, but you can always bring that back up by on the other side of things, increasing the energy output and then slowly taking that other end of the seesaw off, okay? That was really crap, but anyway, you get my, you get my. <laughs> just gist. picture a seesaw. Yeah, just picture right, a seesaw. It balances. Okay. <laughs> sorted. <laughs> it tips one way and the other, and the most important thing is, it moves, it changes, and to varying degrees. It's not stuck in one position forever. There is always a change that can be made. Yeah. Um, Another so, characteristic would be eating a high protein diet mm-hmm. and with lots of color and fiber in it. Mm-hmm. Again, that's just we know these things work so if you're somebody that has a diet full of color and protein you're likely to have you're likely to maintain your fat loss forever um another characteristic is that they tracked to some degree 
that's what we talked about earlier with the tracking, how important it is and learning and understanding how many calories you're eating. It's like checking your bank balance. If you never check your bank balance, how do you know how much is coming in, how much you're spending? Like, you're not just like closing your eyes, Jesus, take the wheel. So it's kind of the same with eating, what you're putting in your body and what's leaving your body, like checking your bank balance, what's going in, what's coming out. Okay, I know Christmas is coming up in December. A lot is going to be going out. So maybe I'm not going to spend any money in November. Okay, same with calories i know that i've got a big meal coming up this weekend maybe i'll eat a little bit less throughout the week when you can see it in that way it really really helps yeah it definitely makes a difference i think yeah it's really easy to bury your head in the sand with things like that's a really good way you know of sort of thinking about the bank balance where you know we've sort of touched before on banking calories which is what lauren's just alluded to is that kind of thinking right well i'm out with work colleagues on friday night and then i've got my gym christmas due on saturday night for example (laughs) just saying that because that's just happened um that you go, well, I know I'm going to want to drink at that occasion and I know that's a three-course meal there. So just through this week, because I really want to enjoy that weekend, then I'm just going to keep my calories that little bit lower through the week and just make, you know, again, over the average of the week, I know I'm good to go. Um. So, yeah, you've got, like, there's lots of... um. Really, I know we've probably... We say this and we keep banging the drum for it, but it's it's straightforward but that doesn't mean that it's easy and you generally do need somebody to keep you accountable and you do need to practice these skills over and over again but these are the skills that people who are successful will generally repeat um another one is stress stress management tools because as we've we said earlier you know things that affect fat loss stress is one of those things because if you're feeling down if you're feeling overwhelmed if you're feeling time poor then you're not going to make as good decisions or you're gonna you know be in a position where you like oh I have to think about that later I, I haven't got time to plan meals where if you can take a step back take a few deep breaths you've got some support then you've got somebody saying or you can say to yourself right how can I organize my week better how can I, you know, how can I put things in place that will help me manage my time better? Um, so, yeah, that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that you can do and that you can repeat to start building those characteristics for yourself if successful fat loss and long term fat loss is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final one is that the diet they um, were on worked for them. Yeah. As in they weren't doing some crazy Vogue Atkins keto weird diet that was miserable and didn't they didn't enjoy it they included foods they liked there was no heavy restriction they just ate like how they wanted normal diet no no cutting carbs no cutting fat no none of this craziness they ate a diet that they enjoyed and it worked for them that is what is sustainable and that is what me and Lindsay will preach about forever until we are old and gray which is not that far off (laughs) I think it's it's feeling quite old and grey today. I've got three grey hairs now. I found them. How old are you? Twenty nine. Thirty in a few weeks. If you want to get me a birthday present. Are you? Jan eleventh. <coughs> Present. Present. <laughs> yeah. New laptop. Yes. <laughs> 
So as usual, if you have any questions, if you want us to elaborate on any of these things, if you'd like some help with calculating some kind of goal um, for a starting point for your calories, then hit us up, let us know. As always, our DMs are always open and we're here to help Yeah, wherever we can. Yeah. Yay. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. <laughs>